Welcome everyone uh, to Let's Talk It Over. Um, this is our fourth show tonight and it's, uh, it's a bit of a special one. Uh, we had planned to talk about art and resistance and what can, can sort of artists do in, uh, to resist uh, the oppression of states, etc. But with what's been happening in Palestine over the last few days and the panel we had, we thought it was um, pretty unavoidable to address this issue before moving on to, to something else. So um, for the first time, we've, we've divided the show in two parts. The first part will focus on what's been happening in Shijara, in Gaza, and in, uh, in all over Palestine really in the last few days. And the second part, we'll, we will talk about what artists can do to, um, to, to fight back in a way. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy, I'm honored to actually tonight have um, on the panel, because it was very last minute as well, um, Isam Adwan, uh, who is in Rafa, Gaza, from uh, the organization We Are Not Numbers. We've also got Feruz uh, Sharkawi from the grassroots Al-Quds. Uh, she's in Jerusalem. We've got Tamer Nafar. He's an artist, a musician, an actor uh, from uh, also the band Dam, and he's joining us from Lida. Um, we've got um, a very good friend, Anne-Marie uh joining us from the U.S., but she's normally spending most of her time between Haifa and, and Bethlehem. And, uh, and we've got um, Roger Waters with us tonight as well. Um, we are supposed to have Ken Loach, but he's, he's vanished from the, from the page. I'm sure he'll join us again in a bit. So... Um, I wanted to start with uh, with you, Isam. Uh, you're in Rafa in Gaza. Um, the last few days, we've all seen in the news um, Israeli warplanes bombing the whole sort of territory of Gaza uh, to bits. Can you tell us sort of what, what's happening at the moment? What's the situation like? And in a way, how how are you feeling? How you are right now? Thanks. Thank you, Frank, for having me. Uh, uh, it is like a disaster. It's a horrific scene that I barely could take a few naps in the past week. Uh, the Ministry of Health has reported until so far 87 uh, dead people, including 17 children and seven females, including a female who was pregnant. Uh, the scene is is not something new. We have been uh, we have been launched war over for the past uh, 15 years during 2008, uh, during 2008, 2012, and 2014. And this is unfortunately a fourth war, uh, clarifying the brutality and the blood swipe of this really uh, war planes, uh, thriving for Palestinian blood, children, women, elders, with, with uh, merciless policies, with of course the full support and the full aid of the US administration and the Supreme countries, all over the world, we are seeing an ongoing uh, genocide, ethnic cleansing of Palestinians in Gaza, in Jerusalem, in East Jerusalem, especially what, what we have been seeing in the last week, what happened in Sheikh Jarrah, uh, uh, that the Israeli court uh, ruled of uh, possible uh, expulsions of, of Palestinians, uh, trying to replace them with Jewish uh, Israeli settlers, uh, because this is a policy of, uh, of uh, depopulizing and uprooting 
Palestinian identity and Palestinian existence wherever they are. That is why we are seeing brutality over Gaza, trying to, uh, throughout those years of imposed siege with, inten with intentional policy to suffocate everything about our existence as human beings. Uh, the water is undrinkable, electricity barely comes eight hours a day, and the medical, uh, the medical expertise and equipment are not really found. And uh, those people, they, they, they barely survive because of this slow death policy and what Israel is trying to enforce in Gaza for the past uh, 15 years is, is trying to impose them to, to live and to accept this a slow death policy to be granted in exchange of crumbs of rights, a, a little bit of, of natural resources to use, a little bit of hours uh, of electricity and uh, of other services of exploitations and invitation to, to come in and, in and out of Gaza. We are being killed day by day with with an absolute ignorance of international community and the media outlets. And whenever you are seeing Gaza, you are seeing Gaza as a matter of terrorists shooting rockets. They only see the reaction, the anger reaction towards this excluded policy. And you only see us as, as means of numbers of people died and people injured. Those are the only scenes you see. You don't see people of, of, of Gaza trying to live a normal peace, a, no, a normal life with peace and dignity. Those uh, are the unfortunate scenes of how we are framed in the in the media stream and uh, we hope that in we are not numbers along with your efforts to try to amplify those stories of people they are not numbers those stories they have names they have families they lost their loved ones they lost they lost their children and they're trying the best they can to live a normal life despite all the harsh circumstances that makes it inhumane Thanks, Isam. Um, I, I want you to, to, to come back, to come to you, Ferus, because in a way, what's uh, this, it seems anyway, has all started with what's happened in, in you know, um, the, with um, Sheikh Jarrah and then with what's happening um, with the prayers at the, you know, Al-Aqsa Mosque. And, and I think it's very important for people watching that, you see in the media, people are trying, I mean, the mainstream media, corporate media, is always trying to, to, to see Palestine and to show Palestine as divided. There's Gaza, there's Jerusalem, there's the West Bank. But what's, what's been happening in the last few days, in a way, um, and I'm sure you, you'll get on with it, you know, to talk about this, is a slow pro process of ethnic cleansing that's been going on for, for many years, Right. Yes, I, I, I would like to start by saying that if, despite all of the pain and the anger and the worry that we are living these days, these are also blessed days, days of Palestine being reunited. We are uniting Palestine again uh, after decades of divide and conquer policies that have been fragmenting the Palestinian people, creating different political realities uh, for different Palestinian groups in, in occupied Palestine. And I think that what we have been witnessing in the last few days is uh, uh, Palestinians everywhere reminding First of all, ourselves, but also the whole world, that we are one people under one colonization and with one struggle for liberty and self-determination. And uh, it's true that uh, what sparked the, the happenings of the last few days has been 
the story of Sheikh Jarrah, the, the expulsion of the displacement of families from their homes in the neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah in Jerusalem, uh, in addition to the, the, the very aggressive crackdown on, on worshippers and Palestinians' right to worship in, in Jerusalem. But I, I would like to say that these, these uh, uh, happenings are not... This is not happening out of context. We are talking about a context of over 100 years of settler colonialism in Palestine. And so it's not just one incident that sparked some emotions in people or that uh, was too much for people to handle. I think that it is just a natural and normal result to years of dispossession, years of displacement, years of oppression. And uh, uh, naturally, when there is a big story going on, then there is attention drawn to it. I think that the people of Sheikh Jarrah succeeded to uh, uh, draw attention to their uh, uh, story. They were very good at community organizing, and they managed to create a big, big noise uh, about their case. But again, it is the case of all Palestinians in Jerusalem. There are over 300,000 Palestinian residents of Jerusalem who have been under occupation uh, 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 since 1967, because the Western part was ethnically cleansed in 1948. It's been occupied, but no Palestinian communities live there. The remaining communities occupied in 67 have been facing systematic policies of displacement. The Israeli occupation's goals in Jerusalem are to annex as much land as possible with as little Palestinian presence on it as possible. So hand in hand go the policies of the revocation of Palestinian legal status, expelling Palestinians from Jerusalem because the Israeli law says that they are illegally living in their own hometown, the uh, planning policies that dispossess Palestinians all the time, confiscating lands for the sake of building colonies, colonial roads, uh, Israeli occupation, industrial zones, and whatnot. In addition, home demolition, the suffocation of our economy in Jerusalem as a tool of displacement, and of course, very importantly, uh, controlling our education system. Uh, uh, Israel, as, a, as any other colonizer, has the policy of uh, dictating the education uh, uh, curricula on the Palestinians, trying to create some false consciousness that we are uh, uh, you know, some sort of second-degree residents who need to demand maybe full right, and that is uh, uh, dangerous for us Palestinians to, to see our struggle in Jerusalem as just a, a struggle for equal rights with, with Israelis. Palestinians in Jerusalem are saying we are, despite the disempowerment, despite the fact that we are isolated from the rest of the West Bank, despite the fact that our economy is, is being suffocated, despite all of this disempowerment, we have very uh, a clear uh, a clear idea about our identity, about our struggle in Jerusalem, and I think that we have seen uh, not only in Sheikh Jarrah, we have seen this reflected when people uh, uh, were in Al-Aqsa Mosque, when people try to uh, practice their belonging to Jerusalem by simply being present in the public sphere. I think everyone has seen uh, uh, some videos about clashes and about. Uh, the Israeli occupation of uh, forces attacking Palestinians around Damascus Gate, which is the main entrance to the old city of Jerusalem. Damascus Gate is our city center. And since 1967, Damascus Gate has been the battlefield where the Israeli occupation does not want Palestinians practicing ownership and belonging to Jerusalem. And so uh, that's why we have seen all of these happenings take place in, uh, in Jerusalem. 
um, and and it, it, it's it's just simply one part of the bigger puzzle of the uh, colonial settler colonialism in in Palestine. And uh, I think that we have a lot of lesson lessons to learn and a lot to build for the future. Thanks, Veruz. Uh, Tamer, can I can I ask you something? You, you are in Lid and uh, or, or Lida, and, and we've seen and we've heard lots of crazy stories about what's happening in Lid, lynching in the streets by sort of right-wing militias from Jewish uh, Israelis. Uh, can you tell us what's happening? You, you, you were telling me before, things on the ground are crazy right now. Thanks for having uh, the time uh, to promote this amazing, this very, this human uh, issue. Uh, first of all, when I want to start to talk about lead, I, I, I need to explain that lead considered on papers and on the map as an Israeli city. It's where the Ben Gurion airport is. So I'm a Palestinian um, living inside of Israel. Uh, lead is around 25, 20, up to 25, 30 uh, percent. Uh, the Palestinians that were left here um, since the Nakba of 1948, and the rest are the, the rest of the 75, 70 percent are Jews. So it's considered an Israeli city for everything. But uh, to, to, for the last three days, everything is exploding and escalating to levels that I'm I'm even shocked. You know, you know. I don't know if there's a term of I saw it coming, but I'm surprised at the same time uh, so that's that's the term um, what is happening now I'm sitting here with you because uh, curfew I'm sitting here because I got a message me and my family that there's a curfew from Atlet and I noticed something very different at the same time that they sent us that there's a curfew I've noticed that there's a lot of buses coming outside coming from outside of Lid and entering Lid, and I seen settlers coming outside of those buses, welcomed by the Israeli police, and the Haras Lihdud, the, 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 the soldier border, border police. And the border police, yeah, we are we are announced now the, uh, as an emergency state. Bibi announced it as an emergency state since two days ago. So I decided to call the cop. Uh, I'm trying to translate uh, because I recorded the call. I called the cops and I was like, I'm a worried citizen. And you asked us to stay at our house, and I will, I will respect that, no problem. But at the same time, I'm seeing here buses coming, and from the buses, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, like those settlers that we see on TV from Hebron, from El Khalil, and Nablus, and they are all equipped with short Uzis, and they are being welcomed by Israeli police. So I need to understand if there's a curfew and I cannot walk around the city. I'm from here originally, how come, can you explain to me? And she's like, no, no, don't worry, the police uh, are trying to stop them. And it's like, yo, sister, what the fuck? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking straight from the window and I'm seeing the police welcoming them, escorting them. What are you talking about? She's like, I cannot explain more. I was like, no, no, you need to explain this, what I'm seeing, what my eyes are seeing. What I'm seeing is armed people walking in my street, walking in the streets of unarmed families, protected by armed police. I need an explanation. And then she said, okay, wait a second. She put me on mute. And then a different girl, uh, a different police answered. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for her and we don't owe you any answers. And she hung up. That's 911. This is, this is, this is, I, I, I'm sometimes, is it okay if I curse sometimes? Because I can, emotionally I, uh, 
Of course, man. Yes, because I can't fucking understand. You know what? I don't need. I don't need your fucking protection. But I. But you are taking my tax money every fucking year. Give it to me, and I'll. I'll. I will make my own fucking family, my own fucking gangsters, whatever you want to call them, and I can protect myself. But they've been taking my taxes, and now I'm stuck at house with two kids, and I cannot go out because I have fucking ISIS, almost ISIS. Yeah, wandering around the house with fucking guns protected by the police. And I didn't prepare uh, to talk anything because I've been busy. And anyway, that's that. This is the situation now. Thanks, Damir. And I think, I mean, I'll come to you and Marie, but I think that that's what people have to understand. What we're seeing now is not what the mainstream media describes as a civil war or fighting between Israelis and Palestinians. The, the lynchings we are seeing on... on oh, sorry, social... I have to say that two days yeah. ago, one of the settlers killed, a 20, killed my neighbor, 20 years old. That this is uh, no. That, this is exactly what I was going to say. If I may add, if I may add, because this hits the anchor of what we're doing nowadays, that that the media stream is depicting this as it's a matter of a conflict, clash, or evictions, whatsoever term of clashes that we're seeing on, so, on social media and media stream. But those are not are not true. What we are seeing is an ongoing aggression and the violations of the human rights. We have to correct our terms. We shouldn't call it, it's, it's like clash, it's, it's a conflict, but it's a tension. It's an ongoing aggression and a, vi- and a clear violation of the human rights for Palestinians in Gaza, in the West Bank, in the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood, and in Lid. And we can see this all over Palestine. That is why I believe after 73 years of this occupation, and for myself, being caged in Gaza for 27 years of my life, I believe, let's have the decency, let's have the, the honesty to confront the social media and to confront the media stream to stop using those clashes to describe my suffering as a matter of clashes. We're not talking about asymmetrical powers. Israel is funded over 3.8 billions of dollars by the US administration with full impunity to violate every accord of humanity. That is why I believe with, 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 with all efforts possible, we have to correct those terms used to describe my suffering, to describe the death of my people, of the children. And let's put facts straight. You shouldn't ask about the rockets of Hamas. You shouldn't ask about the, the rage reaction as, as an act of self-defense. Just ask why Israel, why Israel targeted Rahab al-Masri, a 10-year-old girl who just purchased the clothing of Eid and going back home with, with her mother. Those are the worthy questions, and those are the worthy topics to be discussed. Not the rockets of Hamas, not the protestings happening in, in, inside the, the Palestinian uh, territories, not you know the violations that the minor, I would say, called minor violations as an act of self-defense for this uprooting, for this ongoing aggression on humanity of, of the Palestinian and the Palestinian existence. Let's correct ourselves, and I'm, my apologies for interfering, but I'm also in motion towards those used terms, I believe, after those sufferings and after those murder policies and suffocation, I believe we deserve the right to correct you at this point. You, you've Thanks. asked, sorry, Frank, you've asked about the mainstream media. The yeah. mainstream media, yes, are interviewing the me, at least. I'm talking about myself. Uh, I will keep it short. 90% of the of the answers are, do you condemn? Do you condemn? Yeah, yeah. Do you condemn? So this is why I, sometimes I just don't, I, you know, I just, I, sometimes I don't want to do the interview. Yeah, and what, what the mainstream media is, is portraying as, again, a conflict, 
we have to remember these lynching are supported by a state and the police, right? This is not like a, a, a bunch of hooligans. It's, it's actually a state-sponsored uh, lynching. Uh, Anne-Marie, um, 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 you're in the US right now, but most of the time, like 90% of the time, 95% of the time, you're actually between Haifa and Bethlehem. Um, can you tell us how you how you feeling today? And, yeah. and you know. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent of the time, I'm in Haifa mm. and Bethlehem. I just happen to be in the U.S. right now during this time, and it's you know I'd forgotten. I really forgot how bad I blocked it out. The media here is, I mean, seeing what's happening at home and being separated right now and seeing the media here, listening to the media, it's it's just, it is, it is, there's nothing more despicable than the story that is being told to Americans. And it's, you know, it's, it's very difficult to listen to. I, you know, what's happening in Palestine has been happening for a long time. Um, and it's, you know, in you know you've got Tamar in in you know in Lid, Isam in Gaza, Fairuz in Jerusalem, Bethlehem where I'm from are you know it's it's you know uh, our garden was destroyed or what are you know we've we've had been putting out fires um, all night um, Haifa where I live my neighbors everybody is hiding in their houses because there are these supremacist thugs you know moving through the streets. And as you said, Frank, they, they, this is like a state spot. They're not just thugs, they're state sponsored thugs. And all of this is a project. All of it is tied together. All of it is the same. None of it is new. Um, it is a project of ethnic cleansing that Palestinians have been resisting and continue to resist. And if there's anything good that's happening right now, I agree with Feirouz, it's, it, you know, there, there is a positive side because we, are, we have to find always the positive side. Palestinians are united no matter what, no matter people who live in Gaza are living, you know, you know, they're at the brunt of it. You know, people who are living in other cities have had more privilege. Depending on where you are geographically, the situation is different. You know, Jerusalemites have been forced out of their houses, their homes for decades now. They are re resisting. Everyone is continuing to resist no matter what this project will fail. It is a failure project, and again and again, every few years, we are reminded of that. This project will fail, and I have no doubt about it. And I'm, I'm sorry only that it's at the cost of so many lives. Yeah, Feruz, um, in Jerusalem and in, in, in Chigjara, can you tell us, because we have to talk about the massacres, the murders, but as you've all mentioned, we have to talk about the resistance. And a friend of mine from Nablus sent me um, like a picture, like um, some sort of, a, you know, screenshots of cities all, of, all over Palestine, including Palestine 48. So Ramleh, Lod, um, Nazareth, with demonstrations. And I think it's pretty historical, you know, that, you know, you can see, Again, Israel trying to divide the Palestinians from the West Bank, Gaza, and East Jerusalem from the Palestinians from Israel. But you can see that the Palestinians are indeed united, right? So this is something we have to talk about, the united front shown by the Palestinians, despite the terrible um, yes. violence from the state. 
since 1948, the Palestinians in 48 occupied lands have been put in, in, a, in, in a place where the Israeli policies, the Israeli education that controls all of their aspect, uh, aspects of life has been brainwashing them into believing that they are Israeli citizens, that they can be equal citizens to the Israel to the Jewish Israelis and that their struggle should be calling for equal rights and they should participate in the Knesset in the Israeli parliament elections they should have representatives these representatives will fight for budget for uh, uh, um, benefits for their uh, town and I think that Israel was counting on this policy to uh, uh, isolate these Palestinians in 48 occupied lands and make them feel as a separate entity, a separate group from the rest of the Palestinian people elsewhere around Palestine. And we think that uh, 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 there are points in our history that we remind the occupier and the colonizer that it's not working. You know, I feel happy about the frustration they must be feeling after all of the budget they have invested uh, in, in creating this false consciousness. Still, Palestinians in 48 occupied lands, in Lid, in Haifa, in Akka, in Emil Fahim, in Nazareth, everywhere around 48 occupied lands, are going out in protest to the streets, raising Palestinian flags and supporting, supporting Jerusalem, supporting Gaza, protesting not only for their, themselves, but also for other occupied Palestinian uh, 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 lands and cities. And I think that is a, a, a very important uh, uh, moment in our history. The last time we felt this was in, two th in the year 2000, during the Second Intifada. And I think that every few years, yes, there is a chance, there is a, an incident or something that happens that help, we need as Palestinians to, to use in order to remind ourselves and to realize that in order for us to uh, uh, overcome, we need all to build ties, to reunite all of these fragmented parts of our homeland, to build connections, to find, uh, uh, to build the popular infrastructure for our uprising to, to, to last longer, because we don't know how long this uprising is going to last. You know, the media is always quick to ask the $1 million question, is this a third intifada or not? I say when it's a third intifada, we will know it's a third intifada. Right now, there is a blessed uprising happening in Palestine. And I think that we, the Palestinians, need to learn our lessons from this experience this time so that we see how do we build infrastructure of mutual aid of Palestinian communities protecting themselves and protecting each other. Because if if probably more than anything right now, we, the Palestinians everywhere in our occupied homelands, are translating the realization that we have had a long time ago that we are on our own. It's us and our, and our comrades. It's us and the solidarity uh, uh, that we have globally. There is no point in begging for our rights to be protected by international law systems. There is no point in expecting that the Israeli occupation colonization authorities are going to give us justice. There is no point in using their legal system. There is no point in using international uh, uh, law uh, system. What we need to do is grassroots mobilization. And I think that in order to achieve 
that change that we wish to see, we need to build networks and connect other struggles around the world. And I think that together we can apply that pressure. I think that, you know, a lot is spoken about solidarity with the Palestinian people. And I would like to say that it is frustrating and disappointing to see that today solidarity globally usually means charity. Charity to the Palestinians, come volunteer in Palestine or send money to Palestine, support Palestinian civil society. But I think that what we need to focus and highlight right now is the responsibility uh, uh, meaning of solidarity. I think that solidarity should be translated into uh, responsibility. I think that people around the world should understand that willingly or not, they are probably complicit with the colo colonialist uh, uh, project in, in Palestine by supporting governments that support Israel unconditionally and not just the United States. Yes, indeed, $3.8 billion arrive unconditionally in support to the Israeli occupation from the United States administration. But there are so many other governments and so many other states that are legitimizing, normalizing the colonization of Palestine. I think that there is, uh, there is a very uh, high importance in also looking at who is profiting from this colonization and all of those international corporations that are making profit by supporting Israel, enabling Israel. I mean, look at what's happening right now. Does Israel manufacture those F-16s bombing Gaza? No. Does Israel manufacture those tear gas canisters used in Jerusalem and in Fahim and the lid? No. It's, it's corporations and it is companies around the world that are making profit from the oppression of the Palestinian people. And they are not our responsibility as Palestinians. It is the people's responsibility where these corporations are located. I think that if people want to show true solidarity with Palestine, they need to uh, hold their own governments and corporations accountable, stopping them from enabling the oppression of Palestinians. So we do our community organizing on our side. People need to hold theirs accountable on their side. And I think that we all need to connect different struggles for social justice, for racial justice, for economic justice. I think that we need to connect struggles because eventually we are all facing one common enemy that is the economic interest globally that is oppressing people. There are so many contexts similar to Palestine and we need to start thinking uh, uh, collectively how do we build those, again, mutual aid infrastructures that help us and allow us to support each other uh, constructively. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Fedos. I think you've touched uh, on a very important point. Uh, I get a lot of people um, ask me when when Gaza gets bombed, you know, and the news talk about Palestine again. What can I do? I feel really useless. Should I send money somewhere? Should I uh, tweet about something? So we we sort of slowly arriving to the end of the first part of the show. So I want to ask you, um, Isam, and and maybe Fedos again um, before you go. When people ask me in Europe, what can they do to support Palestine? What would you say to them? What would you answer? And Isam, you can start if you want. Yeah, at first, I, and I'm sorry for being rude, I believe you should stop being ignorant. You should read the stories of the people. You should read those stories from them, not about them. Not reading stories about the Palestinians from a U.S. journalist who has no clue about what's going on on the ground. That is why we're calling to amplify the voices of Palestinians to bring them to those international outlets 
to speak their hearts out because they're speaking suffering. They're speaking straight facts. They're speaking experiences of them and their children that they are suffering to, to hide them and to protect them. And the, the third part is that try your best try your best to approach your governments because especially the us and the united kingdom governments they are supporting they are giving impunity and they're giving tax paying dollars to 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 militarize and to 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 equip this this military occupation with with heavy guns uh, violating the human rights of, of, of palestinians in gaza and i believe before before i before i end up my 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 presentation i feel the responsibility of speaking this note, this post from Ashraf Hamad, who lost one of his relatives, and uh, uh, she's a mother of two children. And I'm certain that this is a must message to, to all of you to hear. He writes, to update you on Maryam, three years old, who was killed yesterday with a brother, five, and their pregnant mother. Maryam cannot be buried. And I wanted to hear that. Maryam cannot be buried. The Ministry, the ministry of Health officials told her grandparents that they cannot find any piece of her small body. Those are the straightforward facts. She literally vanished into thin air. The latest war technology invented by the US and the UK governments and gifted to the so-called the most moral army in the world. Imagine if Maryam is your daughter, imagine, or your granddaughter, what action will you take? Imagine if this beautiful soul is Mr. Boris Johansson's newborn baby or Mr. Biden's granddaughter, what action will they take? Those are the worthy questions to be asked to the governments, to your governments. That is why I believe you should stand in their faces because they are supporting this, because your money and your taxes are going to support this occupation, this ongoing genocide. So at the very least, have the decency and the integrity to go to question them. Thanks, thanks, Sam. Um, actually, Sam, uh, one last question um, because it's important to know Israel has been talking about a ground invasion, so sending again the army by foot and tanks and so inside Gaza. Do you know if this is happening? If, or I guess you know, you know. To to my knowledge, we are seeing significant indications of a ground invasion of the Israeli army to Gaza. And I'm telling you, if this happens, we will see tens of thousands of people dying because now I'm, I'm reading the news and I'm trying to follow my phone because I want to, to tell you those specific stories. Whole neighborhoods are bombed with, a whole neighborhood is bombed with, with, more, than two, uh, with more than 12 bombings. We're talking about a, a dense neighborhood with, with hundreds of families living there. Now, now Tel El Hawa is being bombed heavily. Those are the facts that we need to raise awareness about. Those are the, 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 the personal stories that you shouldn't mention them as means of numbers. Those people are not numbers. They are families. They are sons and daughters, husbands and wives. That is why we're trying to tell you. And not only on the war. Gaza has been suffocating for the past 15 years. And people are dying. If they're not dying because of war. And trust me, and trust me, it's so unfortunate to tell you this. People would have preferred to die quickly. And those bombings, not, not witnessing their children die of hunger because they can't feed them, because they don't have jobs. And so many other facts that I, it would take me hours to explain to you because you don't hear those stories. You don't hear them, simply. Shukranik Tirisam Ferouz, if you want, obviously, I mean, we, we're gonna, the show is a bit of a weird one, but we're gonna talk about 
you know, in a way, in this terrible situation, what can artists do? You know, uh, you can. Sorry to catch you, Frank. I just yeah. entered the Israeli uh, the Israeli press, and no, it doesn't look like uh, a grand no, invasion. There is, no, there is nothing. The only the 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 pinned the pinned news. The top line is that there's a Jewish uh, settler uh, uh, injured really bad here under my house. Mm. That's that's what they say. But no, there is nothing about invading Gaza. Sorry, maybe okay. you're right, but it's not announced yet. Okay, but I guess yeah, news is changing very quickly at this moment. So Feruz, I was saying, Isam Feruz, feel free to hang around and stay with us for the rest of the show, of course. But uh, I want to hear then Roger, Ken, and, and Anne Marie and Tamer talk about what artists can do. Feruz, so the question: What can we do, like in Europe, to to express true solidarity with you guys? Aside from what I already said about holding your own governments accountable to their enabling of Israel and also corporations of their funding of colonialism and oppression in, in Palestine, I think, you know, we have answered this question so many times that sometimes I, I, I also try to, to get to it from a different angle. There is a very strong correlation between the level of freedom and dignity in Europe, the U.S. and other countries internally and their own foreign policy on Palestine. And I think that seeing and witnessing today how fascism is alive and kicking back in Europe almost everywhere and seeing how crazy United States politics are now these days, I think that with this level of fascism, certainly foreign policy and also the public's opinion on Palestine are going to be uh, bad for Palestinians. So I think that people, you know, even if people couldn't care less about Palestinian rights, when people care more about their own level of freedom, and here is a, an invitation to Europeans and Americans and, and people in the West in general to do a self-check and check how much freedom do people really enjoy in their countries? And I'm talking about indigenous peoples. I'm talking about people of color. I'm talking about immigrants and refugees. And so I think that people need to understand that it is all related. And uh, if people want to help Palestine, then it's not your charity that we need. We need you to fix your own problems back at home. And trust me, once you do that, you will be doing us a great favor. Thanks. Thanks again, Feruz. Uh, Feruz, Isam, I know you, you're, you're both probably have plenty of things to do. So if you want to go, uh, you know, it's obviously totally fine. If you want to stay, it's also fine. Uh, but uh, Tamer's gone. Oh, Ken's gone now. <laughs> so, but, but now, I mean, it's like, maybe I'll come to you, Anne-Marie. It's really putting you on the spot because it's pretty obvious that a filmmaker is not going to end Israel bombing of Gaza, but still artists have a role to play, right? Um, in this type of, of, of situation. And, and in general, when, you, when it comes to, to what can you do as a, as, as a form of resistance, what, what, what would, what's your opinion on, on that? I'm really sorry, Frank. Is oh. that okay? As I said, when we spoke, I told you that my schedule is written by the situation of the city. I will keep yeah. the camera on. I will have to run for five to minutes and I will come back. I'm really sorry. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Thank Tamir. you, sir. Of course. Thank you. We're here. Um, yeah, I mean, Frank, I've, I mean, I think that artists are, are not different than their communities. They are not different than everybody that they are 
that we are part of everybody else and we're not different and we shouldn't be treated different or you know we, we are we come from our communities we're part of our communities and and so we do what everybody's doing i think i mean Palestinians are resisting. There are many forms of resistance. And I think, you know, the doctors are doing it in their way. I mean, everyone's doing it in their way. I, I have my craft and that's why I, I, you know, I do, you know, what I can do with, with, with my craft. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, you know, the main thing is that, you know, what, what people do when their freedom is taken away from them is that they refuse for the most part all peoples refuse to just lay down and let some something happen like that they refuse to lay there with a boot on their neck people react that is human nature and i think artists react doctors react you know janitors react. i mean everybody reacts to to that reality um as an artist, I can say that what I, you know, what I believe art does, one of the things that art does is, you know, it, insist on life, to insist on life and to defend life. Um, and so I, I, for me, that's, that's what I, you know, what work is, is about refusing to accept something else, you know, and it's, I don't know. I mean, it's a hard, it's a really tough question to, to ask. Like, what can artists do? What can any of us do? And I want to say just what Fairuz said at the end, by the way, to your other question. I mean, it's really key to understand we don't want charity. Palestinians do not want charity. I, I, you know, we just, you know, Palestinians want their freedom. And if you can't understand that, someone still doesn't understand that, they need to, you know, they need to learn that. That's first and, and foremost, that's all we want. Ken, you, you, I mean, you've, you've always said, in a way, before being a filmmaker, you're, you're a citizen. So in a way, if that's what Anne-Marie was talking about, right? you know. Um, yes, I, I, absolutely. I mean, b before I say anything, I mean, I, I think what we've heard is just um, stunning. Um, and we sit in awe of the courage and the clarity with which people have spoken. Um, and I'm, I'm humbled by, by their struggle and by, by their bravery and, um, and by what they've said. Um, and the terror in, in those communities is just um, unimaginable for, to us now uh, here. Uh, and first thing is absolute solidarity in, in, in whatever way we can and, and however we're told, really, because... It's not for us to say what needs to be done, it's for us to do it. Um, I think, I guess, the second thing to say is that uh, our strongest weapon or is the truth. Because if people know the truth, then how can they not oppose what's going on? And, and the, the clearest example of this truth is what I've just said in the last half hour. So I think the, the, the first thing we can do is, is to promote what um, Farouz, Nisam and Tamer have, have said, uh, because that, that is, this is so much more um, clear and, and vivid and demanding than anything you get on the mainstream media. 
I mean, the 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 propaganda is is so obvious. What they say is so shallow. They retire. They rely on the old cliches of um, Israel's response to rockets and a, a complicated situation. When in fact, what we've heard, it isn't the. the it is a very simple situation. It, it is the colonizing and oppression of one people by another. And the, their long-term Israeli aim is very clear, which is the greater Israel. Um, and the, the, ch the charge of apartheid is very clear, as it's been argue, uh, being argued now. So that is absolutely on the table. And I think our, our, our first meeting now is the truth. And to promote what we've heard tonight as a, as a prime example, um, I mean, there's there's lots to say about you know what we can do in karma times and when we're not faced with such a such an affront to decency and 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 humanity that we're faced with tonight. Roger, I wanted to read you a quote by a, a common friend that we all have tonight. I think John Pilger. John said um, a couple of years ago, the most effective weapon of great power today is propaganda. Lies, half-truth, smears. This is the enemy within. Um, how can we fight back against this propaganda? I, mean, I was watching BBC website again today, and it's still the same. After every war, they go back with the same lies. What can we do as citizens and, and artists who have a platform to actually fight back? Well, I've been listening to this, and and uh, of course I agree with Ken that the, the stories coming from Ground Zero are extremely moving, and so on and so forth. And we've been listening to them for forty-five minutes. The whole question of about art as a political weapon, or as a or as a medium for change in the world, and so on and so forth, is is not separate, obviously, because this is one of the changes that we want to affect, is what happens in Palestine. And uh, can we have any effect on it? I think what we're really talking about is visibility, which is completely separate. Can art become visible? Ken's film about, um, you know, the driver, So, so which is kind of about the whole it's the jeff bezos story brought to light in, into our laps so so, so it, it's like the story of pissing in bottles so that ourselves like fucking jeff bezos can make another billion dollars well and that is a huge story now what so what you need is you need visibility for that movie which absolutely connects you with that story which is really important um so it, it's it's sort of yeah it's partly about the it's partly about the art but it's partly certainly in in the world that I live in um, it becomes a story and uh, what was his name Tamer the rap guy who we were listening to who said to go yeah, off. He's, he's back yeah he's back oh good I'm so glad that he's still here you know I listened to some of his stuff this morning so more power to you brother but um, what am I trying to say. Visibility, visibility. We somehow have to become more visible if we care. We don't care because we're artists. We care because we're fucking human beings and we care. 
all right? The fact that we happen to play music, that we're bass players or filmmakers or whatever, remember, is incidental, except insofar as we may develop visibility. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to say this now. A week ago today, I went like, into my iPod about Palestine. And it and 1.5 million people now, or more, probably close to two million, have watched me going about how disgusting the Israeli government is, and how much I disapprove of apartheid and genocide, and you know, and and settlers stealing people's homes. And I did ask Joe Biden during that rant. I said, "How would you feel, Joe Biden, if it was you?" sitting there watching TV or whatever you might do in the evening, and some settler comes in and goes, wait, out, this is my house. What? No, it's not. I live here. You know, so visibility is really the important thing if we're to make inroads into the battle for the hearts and minds of a larger population. So the only thing that we can do, I think, is to try and swell the numbers in the choir you know, we, because the choir's voice needs to get louder, and it is getting louder. I'm not, I'm not being negative here or defeatist. Our voice, the voice of the people who care, is getting louder. And it may well be that in these weeks and these next few weeks or months, we may arrive at something that approaches a tipping point. Things have changed very, very quickly over the last few. I've only been involved in this struggle since 2006. That's 15 years, okay, which is a relatively short time. It's not a relatively short time if you live in Gaza or Lid. You know, it's, it's a lot. I, I can imagine that every day is a, is a very long time. But things have changed a lot. You know, 10 years ago, you couldn't say a you couldn't say genocide. You couldn't use those words in public. People just laughed. Oh, don't he's a crank. Don't listen to him. He obviously doesn't understand, you know, that this is a conflict, but there's a peace process, and we're going to figure it out. You, so you couldn't call the spade a spade. It was not allowed. Well, now they can't stop you. Apartheid and genocide are now... Words that you cannot leave out, unless, of course, you work for CNN or whatever. And we know that they're still only going to use the words rockets raining down. And But I made a movie with Sucha Hali, my old friend, about 10 years ago called The Occupation of the American Mind. I mean, I had nothing really to do with it. I narrated it. But it was very close to my heart. And it was about exactly what you were bringing up earlier. So the, the propaganda issue is hugely important. So how do we become more visible? And how do we persuade friends of ours who are artists but who are also maybe visible to join the ranks in face of the shocking, not that shocking, they don't come and hold a gun to your head, well, they haven't with me yet, but they do make sure that they absolutely try their hardest to make sure that you never work again if you stand up for the Palestinian people. I mean, in my case, I'm happy to say they've failed. Somehow I can still get bums on seats. And I think it's because people recognize they can hear the truth in my voice when I speak or when I sing or when I play or when I whatever. But we need to get more people to be 
you know, brave enough to stand alongside Elvis Costello and blah, blah. I, know, I never try and say, and Lauren Hill, and I never try and remember the names because I can't remember names, but there's quite, a, there's quite a few of us now, but nothing like the numbers of people that stood up in the 80s in, in the anti-apartheid movement yet, yet, but it is changing. I won't ramble on because, well, no, no. I'm, I'll ramble on for another hour and a half. Except <laughs> that I'm doing an interview with RT Moscow with a woman called uh, Yaya Yala Yala Suleiman. Yara Suleiman is her name, and I've just looked at what she wants to talk about me about because I thought it might be about Stephen Donziger and Ecuador and the indigenous people there because this is a global story. You know, we have to accept the fact that all of these stories are about European settler colonialism and how we, the Europeans, in the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th century and into the 21st, spread out all over the world and tried to steal everything from the people who live there. That's what we do. That is who we are. That is what makes America great. They're really good at plunder, you know. So I've forgotten where I was now. You know, <laughs> well, she doesn't want to talk about Ecuador. Mm. She wants to talk about, and she's got a whole list of things. So at 2.30, I'm going to be on telly in Moscow, which is good, you know. Thanks, Roger. I, w I wanted to ask, actually, Tamer. Tamer, you, you're part of a, an, an amazing scene of, of rappers, hip hop artists in, in Palestine. Um, can you can you tell us? Because I mean, you, you are obviously an activist and an artist. Um, can you tell us how it feels to be an artist when the state wants to wants you to disappear in a way? Mute. Oh, Tamer, you you're muted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always say the good punchlines when I'm muted. <laughs> um, it, it, first of all, it feels amazing to be an artist. It doesn't matter. Even if I was a blue-eyed Swedish artist, I would have just been satisfied. This is what I know. This is what I want. I know I didn't choose to live in Palestine, but I know I chose art. I chose hip-hop. I chose telling stories. I chose visualing things. I, I love metaphor. I'm in love with metaphors. I'm in love with, with syllables, with punchlines. With this is this is so this is just amazing. It's a privilege for me to be an artist. How is it to be an artist uh, here? Well, sometimes it's the best thing in the world. It makes you special, and sometimes it's the most. You know, it's the shittiest thing in the world. You just um, feel like, uh, you know, I grew up. I grew up on a lot of artists, like from from Pink Floyd to uh, 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 to, to, to hip hop artists that I love, from Pac. Uh, uh, and it just feels bad because it feels like uh, that that thin line of what if what if there is no occupation like i believe that if there is no i believe that my talent is not geographical I'm, 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 i hope i'm clear i i believe that my talent most of the palestine most of the people are their talent is not geographical but it feels like somehow we are a, we are needy for the occupation like if there is no occupation then nobody will give a fuck about us uh, uh, because because when I, whenever i make a song I really put my heart in the metaphors, in the hook, in the melodies, in the sound, in the mix. Sometimes I can delay a song for three months just because I didn't like that specific sharp sound. 
But soon as the song is out, people care about if is it is it occupation? Oh, he lives from Palestine, so it just makes you feel sometimes. You know what? Maybe I'll just grab a beat from the internet and I'll just go. No more war. Fuck the occupation. I want to be a free nation and just release it and people will accept it anyway just because I come I'm coming from the the, the right geography and you know sometimes I close my eyes and I just say you know what even if I was you know even if I was born in Sweden I, I mentioned I will still kick ass when it comes to art so it's it's a battle between ego and um, I, I security. love the Swedes. <laughs> I don't know why I picked Sweden. <laughs> I do. I know why. Why? Right. Oh, okay. I just I bought. Yeah, I just bought Swedish. Yeah, but I just bought something from IKEA like a, a week ago. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why. But you, you got, you got, you know. Yeah. But this is this is being an artist. Uh, it's like I, 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 I sometimes it's very special to use that negativity around you and to show them, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna do something out of everything you took from me. I'm gonna make something. This is this is powerful. But sometimes it's like just just don't give me that responsibility and let my 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 tamer and not my Palestinian geography kick it. Let me kick it alone. Let me prove that I can do it individually. I, I hope that my answer was clear. Just Yeah, yeah, of course. Can I can I ask you something? He, sorry, oh. but I want to answer that because yes, it was completely clear. Yes, music has nothing to do with geography. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. It's completely irrelevant. However, your work will not be diminished if you win this battle as an act because you're an activist as well. Yeah. And if the occupation ceases ceases to be, it will not obviously diminish your work in any way. Your work will still be your work. Your work comes from your heart, and and it, obviously it comes from your roots, and it comes through you in every breath that you breathe and whatever, because you're committed to it, obviously. So I wouldn't, you know, let, let's. I tell you what, let's get rid of the occupation. And then you and I can have this conversation and we'll talk about whether it you in any negative way. Yeah. So, but I, I, thank you. I've got, I've got uh, another quote from another late friend of ours, Robert Fisk. And I want to ask Anne-Marie, and maybe Ken can comment also on it. Uh, Robert Fisk said, as, as the years go by, film will become the only medium with which we can influence the world. And I'm asking you, Anne-Marie, now, because a film you were part in, The Present, a short film about the situation in Palestine by Farah Nabulsi, who was produced by Philistine Films, your, your company, uh, and, your, and Osama Bawardi, um, was nominated for an Oscar, won a BAFTA, uh, a few years back, uh, we had Five Broken Cameras from Bilain, which was nominated for an Oscar, with Par Paradise Now by Hani Abouassad as well. So, Omar, so you, and uh, yeah, there's Omar, been a lot. So, but you, so does it change anything that a Palestinian film goes to the Oscar? Does, can it influence things like, you know, what Fisk was saying? Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because, um, you know, that... Every now and then, there is a Palestinian voice that gets out there. Um, and does it influence things? I mean, I would. I, I think that's naive to to think right now that 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 film 
or any film could influence things that much because I think the situation, the reality is, you know, the situation in Palestine is worse and worse and worse. You know, Roger, you're right. We can say apartheid now. We can say ethnic cleansing. Like, there is that language. There was a period where we couldn't say that at, at all. There was a period where we couldn't even, you know, you, you would get shot at for holding a, a Palestinian flag up. Now, you know, you can. At the same time, the fact is, Palestine is getting worse. We are shrinking. We are shrinking despite all this, you know, this hope I was talking about before. And like the fact that, you know, we are, we are united and this project has failed. Things are getting, things are beyond dire. And I don't know. I mean, the, the present, you know, a lot of people saw the present. This is, this is a good thing. Any Palestinian voice is, you know, that, you know, we have to hear stories from Palestinians. We have to, you know, know what's happening. At the same time, the present is also a safe film. It's about the occupation. It's an anti-occupation film. That is not a radical subject. You know, like, you know, we have to sort of think about also what is the, what are, what are behind, you know, what, are, what is being allowed to be said by Palestinians and what is not allowed to be said. People want certain stories from Palestinians. They don't want other stories. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and I think that wall is coming down. But being anti-occupation is actually, we're not having a radical conversation right now to talk about, you know, the occupation. Even, you know, Zionists, Israelis can be anti and are anti-occupation that the real issues are, are that we should be talking about are, are, are something else. And I think that that's been avoided. And I, you know, Tamar talking about, you know, yeah, he'd love to sing and, and just be like, you know, you know, Tamar and, and with all his talent. At but we're not, we're, sorry, we're not yeah. avoiding, we're not avoiding anything, are we? Are we what, is it, what is it that we're avoiding? I don't think we're avoiding anything, but I think the conversation in the world is, I mean... Of course. So what? So what? Anti-occupation, you have to be a fucking idiot to support an occupation. I mean, anyone who's course, talking yeah. about that, I mean, it's like, we're not, I'm not, I'm not even interested in a dialogue with, yeah, because that's like... Let's, you know, how that's far are we going to be? Sorry, I'm going to, that's why I was concerned earlier to hear somebody talking about um, being concerned about the rule of law and nobody cares about international law. Well, well it's true that the government, Western governments certainly don't give a fuck about international law and they couldn't care less about human rights and they couldn't care less about freedom of the press. They couldn't care less about freedom of any kind. But, but they, what they care about is staying in power. And everybody knows that and we know that. So that's why my, my platform is always this. I go, it's this big, it's tiny, my platform. It's the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in Paris in 1948, those 30 articles. If we adopt them, everything goes away tomorrow. You cannot have a state of Israel that's an apartheid racist endeavor. It disappears overnight. If it's required that you accept those 30 articles from from Paris in 94. Obviously, they don't accept them. They don't give a fuck about them. They couldn't care. They don't. You're right. They I care mean, about profit. Profit. They only care about profit. That's all they care about. Nothing else. But Ken's, look, I've set Ken off now. Go on, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's, I mean, of course, all, all the people are saying is, is true. Um, 
I think if if we're talking about what can, there's, there's several different points, are there? What can we do as citizens who happen to work in this in our particular trades, whether it's films or music, or whatever, and and we can certainly demand that other people we know as as working colleagues join this struggle, uh, because I don't have much time for people who trade on having a kind of roughly kind of leftish sort of radical voice, but avoid politics. Because the, the point comes when anything we do by way of films or, or what in, in our trade or in the theatre or in music or whatever, if it stops there, if it stops with that, with that work, it won't connect. It, it, it'll, it'll create a general sense of there's something wrong, there's a question we need to answer, there's something we need to uh, challenge. But when, when the critical times happen, that, that, that will be forgotten, as it is now. And you need a political instrument, and you need to, you need to be connected to it. Um, and and that's, that's in engagement in politics. It's in the meetings we're doing now. It's, um, and there are a number of issues that we're faced with in, in Britain, particularly, which is in, in the Labour Party, where the attempt is to... Uh, um, drive out criticism of serious criticism of Israel and that's a struggle there's a there's a challenge in the universities where I just heard today of um, someone who's being expelled from the Cambridge Labour Club because he's dared to say that the IHRA definition is um, phony it's not a definition it's yeah but we're winning that fight Ken we're winning that fight. well that fight well, is well, going well, we are it's well, well, we're engaged in it. So, but it, it's a political struggle. So, what, what I'm saying is, we, I'm, I'm agreeing with your point, Roger, that we have to challenge people who are in our trade, who trade on a kind of vaguely kind of anti-establishment position, and say, "Come on, if you're if you're serious, then stand shoulder to shoulder with us in in the political struggle. If you're not." Don't pretend that you're anything else but as someone who who, who plays a, a tune that the establishment likes to hear is faintly tickled by. But by my friend Eddie be... Bedder, for instance. Let's get Eddie controversial. Sorry? I said like my friend Eddie Fedder. I'm just getting controversial. Everybody's hero. Exactly the right yeah. thing all the time until you ask him to step up to the line yeah, and stand yeah. shoulder to shoulder with yeah. you. And, you know, yeah, put his so mouth where he... Or any of them. Yeah, I, 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 th I think that's true. I mean, I think there's a wide... I mean, if we, if we can go wide, I think there's a wider point. And that often the, the most... The, the, and uh, Anne-Marie touched on this as well, I think, is that a, a, a film that can be radical about, a, say, for example, Palestine, since we're talking about that, can be a story set somewhere else from a different period of history or from a contemporary period that, that is, is very particular to that society or, or that story. I mean, like, you know, the, the British occupation of Ireland, for example, um, and uh, which, um, you know, was, was ended for most of Ireland in, in 1920. But still, still present in the north. But uh, that story can connect to occupations everywhere, as in occupation in, in Palestine and the, the brutality of an of a of a, an army, um, a military presence that is there to humiliate and destroy and um, uh, wreck the lives of the the people who live there. 
if it's true, it can connect to to people in other countries. So yeah. in order to make a film about struggles against occupation, it doesn't have to be in that particular country. So I think there's there's a value in that. And and I think there's there's the um, I mean music has, has become hugely important in the in great struggles, whether it's Spanish Civil War, you think of the, the music of that or the you know the, the, the music in and I'm sure it's it's true in all struggles. There are songs that epitomize resistance and give strength and encouragement and are part of the struggle. Um, and there's there's graphic art as well that, that that can be part of the struggle. So I think we there is that contribution to make. But when the when the chips are down, you have to be you have to make the political connection. You have to be part of the political movement and bring that into it. But at, at critical moments, the art will is is a backdrop, but it, but it won't affect the the outcome at a politically at a particular sharp political moment. And Speaking I mean that. Way. Yeah, sorry. Press on. I I interrupted you, Ken, for which I apologise. No, but no, I no, want to no, ask. No, 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 carry on. I've made the point. That, that's all, buddy. Good. I want to ask Tamer, what are you still doing with Abbas? as the, at least in situ, de facto leader of the Palestinian people. That's always something that I want to ask Palestinians. How is it that that guy is still the figurehead for everything? And why didn't they have an ele- I know you can't answer this because we'd be here until next Tuesday, but, oh, it feels like it. I could stop talking, but there's, you know, there's perfectly understandable and reasonable candidates is Marwan Balguti who's languishing in prison somewhere but no, why haven't why didn't elections happen do you know because I don't and I've been following it uh, well uh, what a great answer I think that Israel wants Abbas and sort Abbas in a way um, I think he's passive passive aggressive um, if you ask me that question three four days ago I would say uh, he's not good. He's uh, holding back the whole revolution. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. And um, Marie I'm not gonna. Uh, uh, embellish. That's something that only Arabs do, right? <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna provoke and say he's a bit. You know, he's betraying us. Maybe he believes in something that we don't see. Uh, uh, that was three days ago. But if you ask me today... It is today. Uh, really? <laughs> if you ask me today, it's quite different. I, 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 You know what? I haven't been thinking about any of those suits, those people with the suits for the last three days, the young generation, the youth, the ones... You know, all of us were born when there was no internet. Right? So somehow in, in our homo sapien, in our homo sapien uh, uh, subconscious, we know that we can handle life without internet. But the new generation uh, 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 is, was born inside of the internet. So inside of their state of mind, they cannot survive without the internet. So they use it. They use it like we don't use it. So. So I, I don't think Abbas matters anymore. I think there's a new generation that it's beyond, maybe I'm being romantic, maybe I'm, I'm going, I'm stepping into the cliche zone, but there's a new generation that 
that somehow showed me that Abbas is nothing but Abbas is nothing but nothing. He's just there. And the battle is not happening there. Okay, Abbas is holding up the battle there, but the battle is not there. The battle is in the new generation. Me as a Palestinian living inside of Israel, I would say that for the first time in my life, I go live with YouTubers and Instagrammers and TikTok that if you ask me what is their career, I have no fucking clue other than being influencers. I don't know what their career is, but somehow they are bringing a lot of fuzz to the cause. And they are going live and they are having like 50,000 views and people asking, is lit inside of Israel or Palestine? Oh, we didn't know there are Palestinians of questions that I've been raising in my, in my, in my music for the last 30 years. And suddenly it's all flooding, suddenly lid, lid, the Israel lid is the main thing. And this is because of those young... So the battle is not happening. So even if, if Abbas is fucking up or Abbas is doing the right thing, the battle is not there. You know, Roger, you didn't ask me, but, you know, I'm going to answer anyway. Abbas was not... But we didn't vote for him. I mean, the man... I mean, what you know, he's not our president. Nobody voted for him. His term ended decades ago. I mean, <laughs> more than a decade ago. I don't know exactly how long ago. He's not... But he's irrelevant. I mean, he's really irrelevant. And... You know, I think you know, it's uh, he also, I mean, when the international, I mean, I know you don't think this, but, you know, internationally, people are like, where is Abbas? What's going on in Sheikh Jarrah? Palestinians can't reach Jerusalem. The Palestinian Authority has nothing to do with Jerusalem anymore. It has nothing to do. I mean, it's totally been severed and cut off and, and everybody divided. And I, I don't think Tamil, it's romantic to, to say, like, what the real power of this is that we have been rejecting and refusing the separation. It has come in the form of checkpoints. It has come in the form of the wall, the apartheid wall. It has come one thing after another. It's come in the color of our, D, our ID cards, the color of our license plates, like keep us separate from each other. We have refused. Palestinians are not separate. You know, everybody is, we are connected. We are Palestinians. We are not Arab Israelis or like all of these like awful, you know, words that people use to try to separate us is not gonna, it's, 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 it's failed. It's all a failure. And that's why I'm smiling now. And Ken, totally, you're, I just, just, I wanted to say, Ken, what you said about things being said in other places, this is, I totally agree with you. And I'm glad you said that. I mean, you, you know, the wind that shakes the barley, which I was with you for the premiere in, in Palestine, that film was for Palestinians our story. It was a Palestinian film for us. I mean, everything about it, we got it all. We know that whole story from beginning. It was as if we were watching a Palestinian film. So you're right, when, 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 when the, the background is there, when the voice behind the work is personal and honest, it speaks to, to I think, a bigger audience than anyone can ever, can ever expect. Um, I was, I was going to ask. You, I mean, that's. I think so. The truth of the whole film, of all stories, you know, we, we we find unity by being specific. It's a kind of paradox. But the more specific we are, um, the, the more we communicate because it, we, we people recognise the truth of of, a, of the situation because the situations are universal. But but I think. The question I was going to ask you really was, was something else. I mean, is how will the struggle be taken forward? Because 
the and, and again we get, I mean I can only reflect the very partial view we get through our media but the it seems that Gaza is much more proactive in its resistance is is the West Bank as active and we're not hearing about it um, and and you you talk and it's really encouraging to hear you say Palestinians feeling a sense of unity. Um, and uh, Tamar, I'd really be interested to know what you think, but how can the struggle be taken forward from this point? And with, with I want to add, three I, yeah, I think we're going to have to wrap up with this question. I think it's a great way to wrap up. I know, Roger, you've got to go anyway in about 15 yeah, minutes. I've so, actually uh, now. I've got to go now. Okay, okay. okay. To go to Good to see you, Roger. Thanks again, Roger. I love you all. We love you too. Roger, uh, sorry, can I say one word or it's too late? Yes, please do. No, no, go. Uh, I, I, sometimes politics is one of the most distracting things in the world. Uh, so uh, I want just to, you know, mute. Uh, you know, when I when I went down to see what happened because I heard some bombs, on my way out, I was, I was like, my wife was like, what is happening? Are you going out? Don't go out. I was like, I'm talking to Roger. Bye. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, not just even before you spoke about Palestine, uh, uh, just about the metaphors and the melodies. This is appreciated. You must go. Uh, it's it's a big dream for me. Thank you, sir. Chukran. It was really good to meet you, brother. Thank you. Okay, I'll see you soon, Frank. I gotta go. Right. I'm gonna go. Bye, bye, Roger. Bye. 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 So yes, Tamer. I think a great way to end would be to answer Ken' question. Right. How do we take the, the struggles yeah, forward? And maybe Anne Marie you know, can speak about that. Yeah. You know, Ken, I was always asking, what is the what is what is the role of art? Are we the black box? Are we the captain who's trying to save the plane, or are we just the black box when everything crashes? We just document things. I wish I I wish I had the answers to know what is coming up. Uh, I, I I I don't have uh, analysis. I'm not a politician, and I'm not those guys. Uh, who knows how to to use a moment and to elevate it? Uh, what I really need, what what I can I can speak about it romantically. What I think is that uh, what I think is that from now on there should be first of all in the right moment at that exact moment I think that we as Palestinians unprotected, unarmed against Israeli settlers who are armed wandering around my house when I have two kids, the sweetest kids in the world. I think that now, if anybody's watching us, I think that the most practical situation is that we can get protection from the world, the UN, I don't know. I don't know who's, who's, uh, who's responsible for that. But yes, we need our police to protect us because this police is fucking Zionist and this police is part of the crime itself. Uh, 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 because those, the dangerous guys, are being protected by the police. So I think that now the world is hearing, I think that for the practical moment, we need somebody to protect us from those criminals. And don't you go there and ask, oh, it's not an Arab country. No, 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 shit might go down over here. It happened in 1948. Believe me, it can happen again and again and again. This is one. The other thing is, I think that any any political or diplomatical or anything that it's defined by the white standards of democracy in the world is not working for us. I think that the new, the young youth, 
they are doing something very big and something very huge. And I learned one of the good things that I've learned in the last few days. You know, we have a saying in Arabic, when the, when, when the older people are speaking, the young guys should shut up. So in the new era, I think that when the young guys are talking, when the youth are talking, the, the elders who just shut the fuck up and follow. They are taking the, the revolution to a new era. And I'm sorry, I don't have an answer. Maybe I'm just emotionally happy with what is happening or scared. But I really hope that if we want to collect, collect fruits, then I think that the young people should. We should just change the blood of this revolution. And I hope I was clear. Shukran, Tamer. And Marie, you have the last words. Uh, how do we take the struggle forward as citizens, artists, whatever? I don't want the last word. I want Ken to have the last word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ken, Ken can have the last word. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, look, I, I yeah, agree. Um, it, sorry, Ken, what? So Anne-Marie will uh, speak and then I'll Ken speak. Then you will have the last word so that I don't have the last word. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, 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 it's the same. I mean, it's, it's, the, um, it's going back to the, to the topic of this discussion, which was, is art and resistance. And resistance is is everything resistance to continue resistance and when something else puts itself on top like something that's called a peace process but the whole purpose of that peace process was to crush the resistance which was to crush the grassroots community movements of palestine of palestinians palestinians are not new we have been resisting my father mother my grandparents like we are generation after generation that have been involved in, you know, resistance um, and, and not disappearing, not being erased when everything around us is erasing us. And uh, it's, it's continuing that resistance, keeping resistance in the heart of everything and not let it get co-opted by political parties, our own political parties, other governments, other whatever it is. I mean, that's... That's it. We, we, we have to keep it central stage always. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Ken, Anne-Marie wanted you to have the last words. Oh, well, so... I, I, I shouldn't have the last word on, on a night like this. Uh, it should be a Palestinian but, uh, man or woman. But uh, I, I think the... I think the the challenge, you know, that, that first they course on was, was just um, leaves me reeling. And... Um, what everyone said and and I think that the challenge is very clear is that, that we, we has been said again and again that we we have to keep telling the truth we have to keep resisting the propaganda we have to keep telling the world in whatever means we've got if we've got anything of a public profile we have to do it in public we have to do it with our friend we have to do it with work colleagues we have to do it in zoom meetings we have to do it in political groups wherever This is the truth. This, this devastating oppression, this monstrous wickedness has to end, and we have to be part of that solution. Um, and and uh, it, it, there are centres of that struggle in, in the Labour Party in, in Britain, which is, has suffered a reverse, in the universities who are battling the Zionists to, for freedom of speech, um, and, uh, and wherever we can. And, and uh, yes, a, a film is, is fine, but for the moment, just at this moment, I, I think the, the, 
the most important thing is to get out there and tell the truth. And I think I, I haven't heard the truth spoken so clearly and so devastatingly as, as the first contributions tonight. Um, Tamar and, and uh, Baruz and, and uh, Dissam and Dan-Marie too. Um, and I think we, we need to get that out to all our friends. Um, uh, there's an old quote from a, um, a, a writer, English poet called William Morris, uh, and if I can remember it right, um, he, had, he had a few words for occasions like this. It was, um, join in the struggle wherein no man can fail, for whoso liveth and dieth, yet his deeds shall still prevail. So I think that's it. We just got to get in the struggle and uh, tell the truth and shout it as loud as we can, because that's the that that's our responsibility as civilian as citizens, as human beings, as 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 people who have to share the the, the struggle with those who are absolutely in the front line now. And God, I hope you have a safe night, Tama. I hope you get through the night and all and everyone in Lids and everyone in Gaza. And uh, I've I've feared. Yeah, I fear for you. I really do. But anyway, sorry, Thank you. Th thank you, Ken. So we're going to wrap up. Um, thanks uh, a million to um, you, Ken, to Shukranik Tir, Tamer, and Marie. But we were joined at the beginning by Isam Adwan from Haza, Fairuz Sharkawi from Jerusalem, um, and Rogers left us as well because he had an, another interview. So thanks for everyone who watched that. Uh, please, I mean, share the show because it's important, as everyone said tonight, to get the word out. Uh, and 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 yes, we we've got you in your in our thoughts, Tamer, um, and Marie, and and and, and everyone. Th thanks, Thank everyone. Thank you. Thank thanks, you. Guys. Thank you, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> La soledad en pajona al corazón se iguala desde aquel día en que mi longuita se fue huyendo para donde marcharía esta longuita cuando volverá Han pasado ya seis cosechas en el campo solo hay rastrojo con tu partida has dejado en mi alma solo brojos y a la rama de los sauces se inclinaron más al río para donde marcharía esta longuita cuando volverá Esta longuita cuando volverá.